Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast, brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports. Join us as we discuss the latest news, legislation, and all things property, hosted by our very own inventory expert, Sean Hemming Metcalf. With regular special guests, listen in to our open and honest discussions about the role of the inventory professional and how to navigate through this ever-changing, fast-paced industry. Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast with me, Sean from Inventory Base Academy. I'd like to welcome Melissa from MGN Inventories. Hi, how are you today? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Um, Right, so today's topic is very much a hot topic, and there is a pun there, and I apologise, <laughs> especially if everyone's going, oh, really? Um, but as we all know, or as a lot of people will know, um, the government has announced that they're going to try and ban, or they are going to ban, house coal and wet wood um, by phasing it out. So this is the fuel used by um, open burning or closed burning stoves in, in a lot of households. I mean, but don't know about you, but I come across them quite a lot, especially based in Bournemouth and Portsmouth. They seem to be quite a feature for near enough all the houses we go in. Yes. I mean, I see them less being mainly city centre, but I do, um, you know, sort of the larger houses that I see, it's very much a trend. It's a very popular thing to have them now. So... Oh, there's nothing better than being sat in front of a, a nice log fire, etc. It really does make such a big difference. I've got one of those gas ones, so it kind of looks like it, but it's just pure gas. Just not quite the same. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, as soon as I ever go to into a pub or uh, open a house where you know where there's there's a, a log burning um, fire, there I'm straight there. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> gas, I'm in there. I want to be as near to it as possible. I don't care if it burns. You know, yeah. Or I don't care. I just want to be there. It's something there's always something nice about an open burning fire yeah very comforting it is it is especially if you've got a hot toddy with you as well (laughs) that's always nice so this has been um put into the press about burning these fuels and the reason that that they're saying that they need to do this is because there's um a pollutant a pm 2.5 and and i'm not gonna for one you know say that i know exactly what all that is but i do understand that it's um, something that gives off particles, it can get into blood, uh, sorry, your lungs and blood and can cause serious health problems. So clearly um, there's a need for this. This is not a knee-jerk reaction to anything that we're seeing in regards to changing lettings and legislation and uh, and health and safety as such. Um, but so I think there's a clear need there to obviously reduce both our carbon footprint, but also looking at the health and safety aspects of having a an open burning stove or solid wood burning unit or coal burning unit. Um, But one of the things, I don't know about you, Melissa, but when I first saw the article, I thought, oh, 2021, that's a real close kind of timeline to ban them all. Um, And it wasn't until I started reading the article that actually got the full picture. What was your first impression? Yes, exactly that. Exactly that. I, I kind of thought, oh, you know, even when they say things are sort of 2021, that comes about so quickly. Um, 
in terms of managing it and and getting things ready it feels like it'd be really quick but like you say after looking into it more and seeing it is actually it's starting from 2021 um to 2023 at least it, you know it's giving that sort of it's a good amount of time to get things in order yeah certainly from an editorial point of view you know they want headline grabbing kind of content and, uh, and my immediate thought was wow that's way too quick and they're banning it i mean stoves have got to come out or what's that going to mean for us as infantry providers and then read the article a bit further and like you said it's going to be a phased out but they're not actually saying you can't use them what they're mm. saying is you've got to use a different type of fuel so you're going for wet wood um you've got to have dry wood so that they, they're going to be more controlled and obviously coal uh, being banned is a major um, initiative for the government from a, again from a carbon footprint point of view so when you're looking at the detail is kind of makes a little bit more sense and it doesn't mean that you can't use a stove or you won't be able to use a stove but equally you're going to have to be looking at different and better fuel sources that are, are better for you as a person and also for the environment as well so it's kind of like starting to make a little bit more sense and i think that initial ooh, that's not a really good idea and how you're going to do it to a, oh right i get it now Yes, exactly that. And I, I think sometimes that is the issue with headlines like this. You know, it's uh, very sort of sensationalised. And I thought exactly the same thing. Like, are they going to be telling people to whip out all the uh, wood burners and all of this? And, that? and then you see more and you sort of think, oh, OK, it's just that you're saying, you know, find uh, better alternatives, essentially. Exactly, exactly. So I thought was, um, OK, what does that mean for us as infantry provider? Because as we were saying when we first started, you know, this is um, something we come across a lot. We know we see these uh, solid burning fuel units, um, stoves of, you know, some of them are open fires, but majority of them are now stoves. And um, what does that actually mean for us as clerks? You know, what do we do? You know, is this something that we have to be aware of or we need to even, you know, in inverted commas, police? Mm. Yes, exactly. Whether that would be the sort of thing that we would need to say, um, you know, for example, safety devices on blinds where we would have to say this is present um, and, you know, and that would be an issue. So, uh, you know, it's good that it is actually just finding alternative um, sources, as it were. Exactly. Yeah. So I think we still, as inventory providers, we've still got to make sure that we do all our normal safety checks in regards to one detailing the item and stating that it's there also whether there's a carbon um, monoxide alarm situated anywhere nearby whether mm -hmm. that's emitting an audible tone which is part of our health and safety checks and if it isn't it should be because it falls within line of the health and safety for in regards to smoke and, and carbon monoxide alarms making sure we've covered all of that and we've captured it saying where those alarms are in the property whether they're emitting a audible tone or not. I mean, I don't say working um, because I feel the word working potentially gives the wrong impression saying that we're saying that those um, units are safe to use. Yeah. What kind of technology do you use? Uh, yes. So I, I would say sort of an audible tone um, noted rather than working. Um, I think, you know, back from my days when I was working in property management for agencies, so they, they did something similar with gas safeties. So it used to be a gas safety certificate. Um, and then they changed it to a gas safety record to say this is the record of it at this one time, rather yeah. than it's a certificate that it's working, um, you know, fully working all the time. So that, you know, that carries through with me again, that you don't necessarily want to say that 
it, yeah, because all we are testing is for the audible sound. We, yeah. We're not actually testing that it is working. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's when you think about it, I, I, I always like to take things very back back down to the base level. We are only testing it or pressing the test button as same as what a tenant would do. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I always advise tenant to check them every two weeks, and obviously they're responsible for replacing the battery if it um, dies and it's uh, one of those units that's not closed in like a fire angel which is closed in that has a lithium battery if it's not then they're responsible for replacing those batteries if not then quite rightly the landlord should be replacing that um, but I always say to tenants you know every two weeks it's for your health and safety make sure you test them and certainly at interim we test them and we also test them at checkout because then that's giving the landlord or the managing agent the heads up that not emitting an audible tone that they've got time to get it fixed and, and or replaced or actually put in place if there isn't one pre-existing as there should be. Yes and actually so you know surprisingly on that note the amount of tenants that I found during inspections where I say to them do you test your alarms and they're like oh no you know they just completely forget to do it I think it's on your mind when you move into a property yes but uh, not so much when when you're living there I always obviously always check on inspections and show them what to do but the amount of people I've come across it just kind of it slips their mind they forget to do it. Yeah, no, do you know what? that is totally my experience as well as um, the amount of people that insist that we check them at the point of check-in, which is quite right and is part of the law that, that you know, the, the alarms have got to be emitting that audible tone. I think the actual law, and I'd actually have to double check this as it's working, which again, like I said, is, is a bit a bit of a grey area from our point of view, but mm. certainly emitting that tone. And then they insist on that and quite rightly, and they sign to say that within the report or your checking report, especially if you've got a standalone one um, aside from the inventory, but certainly it's got to, should be in the inventory. But like you said, then afterwards, that's it. It, it just doesn't even get thought about, and, um, you know, and, until, to be honest with you, often until the end of or it bleeps and it's trying yeah. <laughs> that's it exactly or, to, or until it bleeps and then all of a sudden they sort of think oh you know what, what's going on with this then yeah exactly exactly and I mean I, I, I've got a, a very much a person personal um, um, story in regards to um, working alarms or you know alarms that emit an audible tone um, my son recently bought a house um, they had an alarm went to work Everything was fine. A little while later, I got a call from a neighbour. Your alarm's going off. Pops back home, and they, they had an electrical wire. It wasn't plugged in, but it still managed to um, ignite itself, created a load of plastic smoke, very dense black smoke. Which you know, if someone had been there, you know, it could have been very, very um, harmful, if not, you know, tragic. And um, it completely damaged the whole property. And then now, in redoing all the plaster, you know, redoing all the house because everything got damaged by this oh smoke. my goodness and it, it, yeah and they wouldn't have known unless they had this alarm and yet when he moved into a rented property um I went with him um and looking at the property report and the provider had missed the fact that there was no alarm on the second on the on the first story so it's like a, a maisonette so you should have one down on the bottom story the first story and one on the second story they didn't have one on the second story and the one on the bottom story didn't work and um and the the report said that you know there was no tone or it said it actually said it wasn't working but then the agent didn't do anything about it so uh, which I can't quite believe in this day and age when all this information is out there that people aren't paying attention to 
what is actually quite an easy thing to manage in regards to having the device pressing the test button, getting that uh, signal or alarm notification from it and making sure that, you know, that that's tested regularly. It's not a difficult thing to do. The alarm basically saved the property, although they've got a hell of a lot of work left to do. And that I can't believe that some people still don't have alarms. And also the fact that as we inventory properties, that some properties still don't have them and that the um, tenants don't you know regularly check the um, alarm by just push button testing it which is effectively what we do yes and and you know takes two seconds for them to do for such a big impact yeah exactly exactly so for anyone listening who has an alarm definitely double check it today you know make a a, no, a bit of a note on your phone or your calendar to check it every two weeks it literally takes seconds but it could mean the difference between you know, your life, damaging the property and everything that goes with that. So I would definitely advocate doing that on a very, very regular basis. Um, And then, you know, that takes us back to what this article was about, is the fact that, you know, all the solid burning fuels emit all these toxins that could potentially get into our lungs, our blood, etc. Plus also an environmental impact as well. Um, But all through this, well, how does that affect infantry services? I mean, from your point of view, Melissa, do we need to know? Does it make any difference? I think I think it does um, in terms of us providing a better service to agents and landlords um, for us to be aware of what's going on and to um, possibly pull up any red flags if we you know do see on an inventory massive piles of coal somewhere to you know maybe flag that as being an issue. Um, I don't think there's much that we need to do sort of day to day changes, but it it is sort of the awareness around the situation and making the necessary notes, like you mentioned. I mean, we we do anyway with the carbon monoxide alarms um, close by in close proximity and that kind of thing. So it it is really just uh, keeping on top of things. Oh, absolutely. I think awareness is, is, is the key word because if we're aware as providers, we can advise our clients, the agents, the, te- uh, the landlords and also the tenants when we're, get, when we're checking them in, especially if, you know, landlords trying to be helpful, you know, providing, as we often find, the baskets of kindling and wood, etc. You know, because it looks nice, doesn't it? It really does look nice. It makes yeah. nice place look homely and you're trying to be helped. But there needs to be an awareness about what they can and can't use. And I think obviously as we go forward, this is literally just the first start of the notifications there's going to be hopefully more awareness coming out there's going to be tenant and landlord advice because certainly I would say from a fitness for human habitation point of view it does fall into their category category one in regards to making sure that the tenant is safe to make sure that you know landlords are held accountable about the type of um, you know stoves that they provide any advice or guidance that they provide within that, especially in the information packs. Uh, do you mean do you see many information folders in a property? I do. Yes, I, I think that they're becoming a lot more common now. Um, I, you know, though in years past I haven't seen so many of them, but there's been a real sort of trend of them now, and Lano's trying to be actually much more helpful and covering a range of things. You know, whether it just be appliance manuals. Now sometimes I see lists of local doctors, um, you know, dentists, play parks, 
lots of things you know local schools so I think that there's definitely a trend of people putting more and more information in and perhaps if the landlord's trying to be helpful about the sort of things that you can burn in the um, stove that you know that maybe needs to be updated if they are saying you know coal and wet wood that's something that perhaps has been there for a few years needs to be redone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of the more you know, the better prepared you are. And plus also from a landlord point of view, it means then you're mitigating the risks as much as you possibly can. At the end of the day, it's down to a tenant as to what they potentially use for these stoves. But if you give them all the advice and guidance that is possible, including providing the stove that is being cleaned, is maintained, is safe, you've got the carbon monoxide alarm in the correct place and in you know, in an order where it emits an audible tone, then there's not a lot else you can do. Everything then becomes the other person's or the tenant's choice as to then what they do further. But certainly from a, a risk point of view, a landlord can mitigate a lot of that risk and, and uh, create a very safe environment for a tenant, which is what they should be doing, by just letting them know these are the rules or these are the advice or this is the guidance or this is where you can get it from. And I certainly think from us as providers, having that information like we do with smoke alarms, with um, blinds and calls, et cetera, in our disclaimers and also then highlighting it again on the report, we're helping the landlord do that, but also helping the tenant to understand that, you know, this is important and they should be aware and just giving them, like you say, all the information possible to make an informed choice yes so with that in mind um i think that really covers that particular topic but i think it's very uh, interesting to see exactly how it's going to be policed as it were going forward what information and advice will come out um whether things will change between that date you know between 2021 and 2023 i don't know um but um it'll be interesting to see but i think it's certainly a positive change legislation wise purely for the health and safety of the tenant the landlord us as visitors, because we're going into the same kind of property, um, and also for the environment as well, um, because I think certainly from our point of view, and certainly my point of view as an inventory provider, yeah, I want to lessen my carbon footprint, which is one of the reasons why we all of our reports are online. Um, I, I, do you use a similar service? Yes. So um, our, my reports are uploaded to the client's individual portal. Um, I know people still um, download and print them, and you know that that's something that I think people will always tend to do um certain agencies, but it's trying to take those steps to at least do the bit that you can yeah exactly um and I think we can do a lot as providers as part of our service to make that whole process as easy as possible, you know sharing the report, making it easy for tenants to comment online, upload all their pictures online, which they can do with inventory base. Um, but it said it helps towards that carbon footprint. Um, at some point, hopefully, I'll, I'll get around to um, getting an electric car. But unfortunately, their battery life isn't enough for the kind of mileage I do. I, th um, I don't know about you, but I do a hell of a lot of mileage between jobs and clients and yes exactly and I think that the charging um, points as well are not as um, as frequent as they need to be so the, again the worry with that would be that um, you would have to travel some distance to get to one and then possibly have you know a few people trying to use it and it take a certain amount of time I mean it's definitely a step in the right direction isn't it but it needs to um, be better access for everyone before it could be really viable. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, maybe it's another topic of uh, discussion for another podcast. I hope you've enjoyed um, our chat today and I um, look forward to meeting you on the next Inventory Professional Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Inventory Professional Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast now and share the love. This podcast was brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports.